I'm not changing because yeah, it's only three weeks or it's only five weeks. Tell us your stories. Love to hear them. 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. Listening to that, Pablo Fatidis. And I mean, it's a textbook case, Pablo, of, of altering your business. Not pivoting, but altering your business to suit the environment, I suppose. And I think that uh, Andrew Ross did it well. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, what's interesting about Andrew's business and Andrew's industry uh, let's call it the eventing industry as a whole, Bruce. I think that this could not have come at a better time for the eventing industry. And I'll tell you the reasons why. This COVID crisis really created a shroud over the real crisis in marketing. You think of the purpose of an event. The purpose of an event is to create a gathering of hopefully uh, like-minded uh, people from the view of the event sponsor, um, an organization that wants to reach new customers and new clients. So you hold an event, you have some entertainment, you have some insight, you have some knowledge, people gather, and you have the opportunity as the sponsor of the event to sell your services and products to those people who attended. It's been traditionally that for a long, long time. And whilst this is all happening, what's really been happening in the world of marketing and lead generation, the ability to reach new clients and customers, is a profound crisis in digital marketing itself. If you think about from the perspective of an SME, how do you find new clients? How do you reach new clients? Most of us really rely on social media because television is out of our budgets. Television itself is in crisis because it's become so profoundly fragmented and COVID has now exacerbated that further. Print has literally been murdered, killed. The death knell of print really resounded heavily and hard. The number of print publications that faded away in the first three months of the lockdown has now concentrated that market and limited that market extensively. And digital itself, Bruce, well, if you can work out the forever changing algorithms of LinkedIn, <laughs> or Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram, or TikTok, or Google itself, well, then you have deep, 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 deep privilege. So in many ways, I think that the crisis that shut down the eventing industry is going to see the eventing industry emerge as a profound solution to support the marketing of a far bigger, far wider, far more diverse client base called SMEs. So I think Andrew's on track without a doubt. And I think the mere fact that he has not switched out of his sector, out of his industry, where he has real knowledge and real insight, for so long as he can create the product to serve the desperate emerging need in SMEs to use eventing as a lead generator for new customers and clients, that's the benefit that the crisis he has suffered through will usher in for him. Not everybody survived them. Lots of people went bust. Lots of the people who supply into that industry went bust. Um, and it's, it's been a dastardly, dastardly and, and difficult time. But I think the most important lesson here is don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Don't panic your way into doing something fundamentally different. And you've, I mean, are they tweaks? This, this idea of constantly adapting and adjusting, are they tweaks or are they moves? If that's not too obtuse a question. Well, no, I, I think, you know, you, you've got to constantly be resetting your business because 
in many ways, and I was having a discussion with a group of business owners earlier this week, Bruce, even in a normalized environment, in other words, one that isn't in crisis, because right now the crisis is very, very apparent and it's been felt extensively. We are, we are working with um, fundamentally unpredictable futures. And what I'm talking about is the next three to six months. So everybody's profoundly concerned and deeply concerned. What worries me with that is, in many ways, it should be no different. The mindset that you hold as a business owner should constantly be saying, well, the nature of a business is that as I build it, as I grow it, it's a living, dynamic thing. I, as an individual, am changing. My team is changing. The competitive landscape's changing. The trends driven by technology are changing. Legislation is changing. Climate change is going to accelerate the change in legislation. Change has been always around us. And what COVID went and did is it basically changed the status quo that is forever changing in any event at a deeply accelerated pace. And the right way to approach it is to sit back as odd as it may sound and pause for a minute because you always start by saying, well, what is my value stack? What have I earned for being in this business for the last five, 10, 15, 20 years? I have deep knowledge of the sector. I have knowledge of the industry. I have developed relationships. I have customers. I had customers before the lockdown. I've got a team. I've got suppliers. I have reputation. I've got assets. I've got vehicles. I've got stock. I've got lines of supply, as thin as they may be. I have reputation in among certain bodies, associations, and other environments. And when you sit and you evaluate your value stack, because that's really what derives your value for you, once you've articulated that well, the next thing you do, and we've spoken about this before, is you need to develop a technique to peel your onion. You need to look at your business and say, mm. what is absolutely essential for the survival of my business? What is core and strategic that I, I need to preserve at all costs? Who in my team do I have to keep on at any cost? Which supplier, which customers do I need to keep on at any cost? And as you evaluate your business in terms of the inner core strategic piece that you must preserve at any, at any level, What's then needed is the next layer that would be really nice to have. And in fact, you need to have it, but you don't need to own it. You outsource. And I responded to a tweet that was sent out earlier by um, a recognized media group stating the dire strait that lies ahead for South Africa and how our economy is shot and how our SAA is just complicating matters further. And now what is the president going to say? And what's going to happen with the next downgrade? Because it's not an upgrade. And unemployment rising, and, and, and. And yet, Bruce, what I have seen consistently since August, September, and October, we haven't completed November numbers yet. But across that portfolio of mid-tier SMEs, there's been consistent growth in revenues. And why? Because the dire conditions have made very, very large businesses who are peeling their onions say increasingly, we don't need to own this, but we need partners to provide it. We can outsource here, we can outsource there. And anyone in a mid-tier business should be looking for those opportunities because as a big business or any business when facing a crisis has to shed the weight of cost. In shedding the weight of cost, it opens up the door 
of opportunity for you as a small medium enterprise to offer services, to offer products, and to offer support that previously you could not offer for the simple reason that the larger, bigger businesses owned it themselves. And the peeling onion exercise is crucial to help you identify those opportunities, Bruce. We're seeing it coming through in, I mean, these are still large corporates because they're listed on the JSE and they are bigger than the companies you're talking about. But we're seeing even the smaller companies on the JSE begin to come to life themselves because they are the most public face, of course, of, uh, of business in South Africa. And, you know, they, they have to disclose numbers and we get a, a clear picture as to what's going on uh, within their businesses. And the, yeah, the, the orders are coming through, the contracts are being written. It is happening. I mean, there's, there's a guy who wrote a book. Um, he, it was about something about resetting. Uh, rebuilding, lighting up or something? Or was it reset, rebuild and reignite? Because, I mean, the, again, somebody wrote the book on this. <laughs> Listen, that book was written over a 90-day period in the midst of the lockdown, and it is locked and loaded with, I think, about 30-odd case studies, Bruce, and I'd love to share some of them with you that I saw right around the world. So the essence of the strategy is that once you've understood your value stack and once you have peeled your onion to see what you absolutely must preserve, the way that you so-called pivot or reset your business is by first going to your source of income. And that source is called a customer. And here's the thing. Any customer you had pre-lockdown was your customer for the simple reason that you solved the problem for them. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to ever spend money with you. Their circumstances in changing alongside with yours, it's critical that when you engage your customers in a reset process, in a pivoting process, you don't do so with the view to transact. In other words, to get business in. You do so with the view to develop a deeper relationship, one of empathy, to understand and learn and interpret how your customers environment has changed so that you understand how to reset your product or offer or service to match their change circumstances. The resetting process needs to always be led by your customer, by your client. And it's incredibly hard to do for the simple reason that you're mostly in a panic. You haven't had revenue for a month or two months. You want to move directly to getting a transaction simply to get cash flow going but it is a dire, dire mistake. Because most people who have empathy for you will say, yes, Bruce, okay, I really like your thinking around um, working with you again. We'll get back to you. Whereas if you've engaged me in depth, in detail, and you've understood intimately what my circumstances are now compared to what they were before, you then have the opportunity to test how you can be of value to me. In other words, how can you solve my newfound problem with your old way of working, reset. Thereafter, once you have gotten that right, it is absolutely fundamental to rebuild through systems, Bruce, for the simple reason that if you don't systematize it, it will never stick. And it was so interesting during the lockdown period, I think we were about three months in or four months in, I was approached by a big international equity house that said, the businesses you're working with, to what degree are they institutionalizing the changes that are seeing them be relevant in this new environment. It was an indication that you can talk the talk of pivoting, but unless you systematize the activities of the business to 
get traction and maintain the new direction, it's very hard to sustain. Once you've done those two elements, it puts you in the position where I promise you, over the entire period of next year, those businesses that have reset and rebuilt will find themselves on the front foot facing competitors who have not done so, and the opportunity to buy your competitors, to buy their customers, their stock, their plant, their equipment, their skills, their talent, their staff, will be where the reignite opportunity comes. Next year will be a big year for those SMEs. On fire, ignited, Pablo Fatidis. Thank you very much indeed. Pablo is the founder of Auric Business Accelerator.